So we're continuing a teaching series today, um, which I entitled, Why Don't We All Just Calm Down? And really trying to address the chaotic nature of life in 2023 for so many people. The stresses and the, 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 the pressures and being in a culture that seems so rushed and sometimes so antagonistic. Why can't we all just calm down? And, and the thing is, of course, it's not that easy. And so we've looked at a couple of important factors over the last few weeks. And today what I want to talk about is winning the war against worry. Winning the war against worry. A few days ago, I was in my office at home and um, <clears throat> was looking to kind of tidy it up a little bit. And as I'm going through some of the drawers trying to find some room, I realized that there's this whole drawer that's taken up with notes from hundreds and hundreds of sermons dating back hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> uh, and, so, so, and, and so I got all these sermon notes and I'm, I'm looking at them and some of them are handwritten and some of them were typed out on a tired-looking typewriter ribbon anyway. And, and I'm looking at all these notes and I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know. You know, they just sat around someplace or other for decades. You know, am I ever going to use them, need them? Maybe I should just toss them out. And, and then I thought, I just can't do that. Because <laughs> it's like these represent a lot of my life here. And then the other night, I was looking through a few of them, and I found, I found a couple of sermons that I preached in in the spring of 1973. So that's like 50 years ago, right? And I want to preach one of those today. No. <laughs> no, because I look at those, and, and, and here's the thing. The, the evangelist D.L. Moody once said, he said, I throw out my sermon notes every 10 years because if I can't preach better now than I did 10 years ago, I shouldn't be preaching. So I look back on some of my sermons from 50 years ago and I'm cringing. What's different? I think I'm a bit more relaxed now than I was when I was a young pastor preaching. I think I'm a lot more comfortable in my own skin not feeling a need to impress. And above all, I think my preaching is more relevant than it might have been back in those days. And there has probably been no series that I've preached over all those years that has been more relevant, apparently, to where people are just now than this series we're in. So much feedback from folks saying how much it's helped them, and not just from in-house, but from other areas. I've had messages, phone call, and, and, and folks said how much the series has helped them. Because God's Word needs to be relevant. Jesus was always relevant. He met the needs of the people that he encountered. That's what he was doing. So everything he did was relevant to the needs of people. And that's why I believe this series is relevant. And talking today about winning the war against worry is, is extremely relevant. 
According to the Barner Research Institute, about 60% of adults in the United States struggle with worry on a daily basis. That would mean that 60% of you that are here today or watching online, 60% of you here today are struggling right now with worry. Or to put it another way, all these people in these two blocks can't really concentrate because your mind's going elsewhere to some stuff that's bothering you. If you're in these two blocks, you're feeling good. Now, I'm just trying to illustrate about 60% of our seating is here. 60% of people live in a daily state of worry. It's a very real thing. And sitting here today, then, for so many of you, there are burdens you're carrying, concerns that you've got, people that you're anxious about, something that you want to change. And, and, and it's, it's pretty much, you know, to the forefront in your mind. Worry is one of the biggest mental health problems facing our world today. According to the World Health Organization, Americans have a bigger problem with worry than any other people in the world. Or to put it another way, the most affluent society in the world is actually the most worry-filled society in the world. So you look at where folks are more, most stressed on the face of this planet, and the winner is the USA. Wow. That's, that's interesting, right? We could go, or I could go down a rabbit hole there, but I won't. But we win at something we'd rather not win at. Because the reality is so many of us are battling a chronic, ongoing ever-present sense of worry that poisons our peace, that kills our joy, and actually can stunt our spiritual growth. So, if you're coming to think about it, so why do so many of us worry? I, I, I think part of it is, part of it is we're like, we default towards fear rather than defaulting towards faith. Now, if you were awake at two o'clock this morning, I'm gonna suggest you weren't awake at two o'clock because your mind was so bubbling over with joy and you were feeling so blessed that I just can't sleep because I'm so happy. <laughs> Said nobody ever, right? Right? If you're awake at 2 o'clock this morning, the chances are, apart from the fact you may have overdone the pizza, if you were awake at 2 o'clock this morning, the chances are that you're worrying about something. Because our default setting for our mind seems to be to go to fear rather than go to faith. There are five things that we all tend to worry about at different times that Jesus identified. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus made a statement over and over again. You know what the statement was? Do not worry. Do not worry. And then he mentions five of the biggest topics that all of us worry about at different times. He talks about money. He talks about food, that is paying the bills. Health. 
what we're going to wear, that is, what impression we're making on other people, and he talks about the future. Matthew, 5, Matthew 6, verse 25. <clears throat> Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not the life more than food and the body more than clothes. So he covers three of them there. Now, now they taught me back in Bible school that if a Bible verse starts with therefore, we need to look before that and see what it's there for. Yeah, they taught us intense stuff in Bible school. Uh, so, so looking back, looking back to the previous verse, Matthew 6, 24, ends with this statement, you cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, verse 25, do not worry. You can't serve. So the first thing Jesus comes in with is, 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 is with money, and he starts off by saying, don't worry about your finances. And you're sitting here right now and saying, is that all you got for me? <laughs> you see, here's the difference. If I say to you, don't worry about your money, you can say, okay, turn around and think, what does he know? But if Jesus says, don't worry about your money, maybe he knows what he's talking about. Maybe there isn't any need to worry. Don't worry about your finances, he said. And then he went on then from there, verse 25. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink. You know, so basically the necessities of life. Don't worry about those things. Don't worry about paying the bills, those kinds of things. Or he says, don't worry about your body, fitness, what you, he says, don't worry about your body, then he, then he, or, or really health, sorry. And then he goes on, then he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Um, and, and I think there's a, a, a broader meaning there as well, right? It's, it's like, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about your image. Don't worry about how others see you. Don't worry about whether others value you. And then he goes on a little, a few verses later and tells them, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about finance, food, fitness, fashion, or the future. So Jesus is saying, don't, don't, worry, about, don't worry about food. And, 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 and you know what? We live in a world where, where right now the cost of living keeps going up and, and it's like a lot of people are worried. But what Jesus says is this, don't obsess about what's temporary. Focus on what's eternal and I really will take care of the temporary for you. Don't obsess about your health. Sure, take care of yourself, but don't, don't, don't drive yourself crazy about your health because I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about what people think of you. Don't worry about your image. Don't worry about the things that won't last. And then he says in verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't dwell on what you can't control. 
You know, you, you and I not only don't know about tomorrow, but we certainly can't control it from where we are today. Jesus encourages us not to worry. And then he tells us how not to worry. Okay, now we're getting somewhere, right? So it's like, don't worry. All right, yeah. But here's how you stop worrying. Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not much more valuable than they? How can you stop worrying? Number one, remember how much you matter. Remember how much you matter. Jesus says, see, see, see the birds here? Birds don't panic about the future. They don't pay much attention to the future. But here's the reality. Your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you much more valuable than they are? Get a glimpse of, uh, focus your attention on how much you really matter to God and how valuable you are to Him. Remember, it's, last Sunday I... I, I spoke about Jeremiah the prophet who was in the wreckage, the ruins of his home city of Jerusalem and its temple and, and, and so thoroughly depressed. And as he sat there in those ruins, in verse 21, he said, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. He remembered some things about God. And it's important when, we, when our mind goes to fear and anxiety and worry, it's important that we pull our mind to a different place and call to mind that we really matter to God. Jeremiah's conclusion in that situation I mentioned last week was this. If I'm still here, it must mean that God still cares and God's still got a purpose for me. And I tell you the fact we're sitting here today should remind us of this. I'm here by the grace of God. I'm alive by the grace of God. I'm a believer by the grace of God. I need to remember, I'm here because God values me. And God values every single one of you here this Sunday morning. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've been into. Heck, it doesn't matter what you were up to last night. God values you. God values you tremendously. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then Jesus says to his listeners, he, he says, hey, just take a look around you. Look around at the flowers in the field. Matthew 6.30. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? If God takes care of nature, won't God take care of you? You've got to remember how much God values us. There's a, there are a couple of parables that Jesus told in 
in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. And uh, I misunderstood these parables for decades. I preached them the wrong way for decades. Lord, forgive me. I don't think anybody missed heaven because of it. But, uh, but, but I, I, I really hadn't fully grasped it. And, and, and here's what one of those parables says. Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And I preached that and understood it over quite a number of years as a very simple illustration that of, of what we need to do if we want to enjoy the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is treasure. And if I want to enjoy that treasure, I've got to sell everything else, get rid of everything. I don't mean literally sell, but I've got to let go of everything else so that I can have that treasure. And, and you know what? That'll preach that way. But actually, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. Here's what I think Jesus was saying. Here's how the kingdom of heaven is. A man finds treasure. And you know what that treasure is? It isn't us finding God. It's God finding us. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is that God views you as treasure. And he hid it. He didn't want anybody else to get the treasure. And he got rid of everything he had so that he could buy it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God sold everything he had. God emptied heaven of the glory of Christ and Jesus came to earth to buy your pardon and to buy my pardon. Never forget how much God values you. And when you are anxious and when you are worried and when your mind goes to fear, Remember, you are unbelievably precious to God. And Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father. <laughs> That's it, folks. Our Father. That's how precious. Every one of you who's a parent, just think about that for a second. parent and child. He's our father. He's our father. And every one of us, every one of us knows what it is to have a father. They've been different, of course, and some have been delinquent. But our heavenly father is all a father ever could be or all a father ever should be. And he values you tremendously. When you're tempted to worry, remember how much you matter to God. And then the second thing about, about not worrying is this. 
Remember how much worry will accomplish. All right, you don't need me to dwell on that one, right? Right? But, but remember how much it will accomplish. Matthew 6, 27. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. No, because worry focuses on things that in the moment are outside of our control. And, 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 and it can paralyze us. And we all know what, you know, we all worry. But, but, you know, just to come back to face the reality, for all of the worrying we've ever done in our lives, has our worrying ever made it better? So it's a fool's game, actually, and it's a trap that we can get sucked into that will rob us of our joy and will rob us of our peace. Jesus says, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not helpful. It doesn't change a thing. When we worry, things do not get better. But actually, our mental health gets worse. That's the, that's the reality. Now, now, look, there's no judgment here. I've lain awake at 2 o'clock in the morning plenty of times, anxious, worried. When we, when we had just taken out the lease of this building, and it was, this was basically a big open warehouse space, and none of what you see here or through there, kids' area, kitchen, bathrooms, or anything was here. And then we, then we embarked on the project of actually having it built out. And, and I want to tell you, I, I went through months and months and months where if I slept till 2 o'clock in the morning, that was as long as I slept. And I couldn't get back to sleep after that. And I wasn't lying awake thinking, I am so blessed, praise God. <laughs> You know, because there was thing after thing and issue after issue to be dealt with. And, you know, the Department of Health say we've got to hook up to the sewers. We can't use the cesspools here. And hooking up to the sewers will cost $100,000 and it will take a minimum of six months. And, and we're here and we're paying a lease and utility on a building we're not really able to use fully yet at all. We're still paying rent Sunday mornings on Regal Cinemas so that we can do our services there on the Sunday. And it's like, you know what, we can't go through an extra, they say six months, that's probably going to be 12 months. And, and you know what, we, we can't afford to do that. We certainly can't afford the 100,000. The whole project is going to die before it really gets going. I thought those things. That's why when we had our very first service in here on Christmas Eve of 20 several, <laughs> 13, Christmas Eve of 2013, when we had our first service, several people said to me, you must be absolutely thrilled today. And, and for folks I know well, I just replied very honestly. I said, no, I'm totally fed up with it. Because <laughs> it was draining. But my worry didn't change anything. And the project didn't fall through. And we didn't hook up to the sewers. <laughs> As many of you know, our local bureaucracy is interesting. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep moving. Um, but, but the reality is all that, all that worry, all, all that worry did nothing. And, 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 and for many of you here today with things that are in your mind right now, the, the truth is we've got to remember how much worry will accomplish. 
And that's like, worry isn't going to change anything. There's a terrific promise in Psalm 121, verse 3. Here's what it says. It says, He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. Listen. When we are lying awake, full of anxiety, tense, concerned. Our guardian God is wide awake, watching out for us. You, you know, in, in our kind of interesting history as a church, I remember one morning when we were at the Regal Cinemas in Ronkonkoma, and, and what we used to do at Regal was we, we took in virtually everything we needed on a Sunday, a few of the electronic things we stored there, but we, 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 we had a huge truck and uh, we kept everything in there and all of the furniture for the cafe, which we set up in the foyer, we, we, we had to take in with us, all the coffee equipment and all that went in with us, all the stuff we needed for the kids area, kids video system, kids sound system. Then we had to set up all the tables around the place for different things. We took that all in with us. And I remember one Sunday morning, we had a, we had a great crew of guys who week in, week out, whatever the weather, showed up and made that happen. And I remember one Sunday morning I was there and, uh, and, and we'd taken a load of tables off of the truck and I was carrying a table from one part of the building to another part of the building and one of our guys, not to say who, it's called Mario, um, <laughs> but, but Mario said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm just taking the table over to the kids' area. He said, why are you doing that? I said, because I can. So he said, what's the point of me being here if you're going to be carrying stuff around? Save yourself for what you do. Nice. So what's the point of me staying awake worrying if I've got a guardian God who won't fall asleep and he won't even doze off. Worrying will suck the life out of you. But why are you worrying when he's watching? He's watching. And how many situations have most of us been through in life where we were worrying about a situation and thinking, I'm done. Do you ever lay awake at night? It's sometime in your life thinking about money and you're thinking, there's no way forward. I'm going to go broke and lose everything. And here you are today and you're not broke and you didn't lose everything. Or you lay at night, awake at night, and you're worried about the health situation, and in your mind, because in the darkness, everything gets magnified, until now, you know, you think you're probably only going to have a few weeks to live, and here you are now, and it's 34 years later. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, 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 but we've, all, we've all been there. Far better if we can let some of those things go and let our guardian God 
carry them. There was a, there was a study done by Penn State University. They, they asked people to document what they were worried about. And then 30 days later, how many of their fears actually came to pass? And the results came back. 91% of the people said what they were worried about did not come true. 91% lost all that joy and all that peace and all that energy because they were worried about something that didn't happen. Nine out of ten of them. Worry can rob you of your peace. 100% of the time. Now, some of the things we worry about do happen. Right? But how often have you found out what you were worrying about did happen, but it wasn't as bad as you were worried that it was going to be? Or the third outcome is it did happen, but God brought you through it. Right? And, and, and I'm standing here today, and so many of you are sitting there today, and you, and you would be able to say, you know what? What I was anxious about did happen, but I'm going to tell you this. God helped me, and God brought me through. Amen. Right? Amen. That's, that's where we are today. So why do I need to worry? 91% of the things will not happen. Some may happen, but not as bad as my mind makes them out to be. And some will happen, and they will be bad. But you know what? God will rescue us from it. God will bring us through it all. Remember how much worry achieves. And then the third thing I want to say is this. Remember how much you can trust God. Jesus says, don't worry. How do I not worry? Remember how much you can trust God. I read an interesting statement this, this past week. Um, a pastor by the name of Wayne Cordero who uh, actually established a really good church, New Hope Church in, in Oahu, in Hawaii. And um, he recently resigned as the pastor of that and is doing a lot of training for young pastors. I think he's a smart guy. I mean, if you're going to plant the church, where would you go? I'll take Oahu if you want, you know, or really uh, anywhere on any of the islands I'm pretty good with, you know. So, so, so that's what he did, and he did a phenomenal job down there. And, and this past week, I read this quote. He was, he was talking to a lot of pastors in a conference, and here's what he said to them. Once you become a leader, you can never get angry in public again. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? So what he's telling these guys is, you know, once you become a leader, you can actually blow it real quick. Because if you get angry and people see, see that, it's like, wow, wow. So I've got a little closet at home I go into and scream in there. So <laughs> no, no, no. no but, but, but here's the thing. Let, following on from what Cordero said to these leaders, you know what? If God fails once, he's done. Right? But he hasn't yet. And he never will. If God fails once, 
If God doesn't deliver on his promises once, if God comes up short in what he says he will do for us once, his credibility is shot. But remember how much God can be trusted. You can totally trust God. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. All right, so this is kind of, he's coming out of the summary after saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. So now he's saying, but put God's kingdom, God's righteousness first. Seek them. Make them your focus. You, you, can, you can't look in two directions at the same time, right? You can't. I mean, I can turn my head around, but if I turn my head around there, I'm not looking there anymore. I'm looking there, right? This is profound stuff. So, so, right? So, so, so that's it. So if I've got my worries over on this side of me, and on this side of me, I've got the promises of God, I'm either focusing on the promises of God or I'm focusing on my worries. I can't do both. How do I not worry? I pull myself from focusing, fixating on that. I stop myself and I turn around and start to talk to myself about who God is, how God is, how much he loves me, how much he values me, how much he has always been faithful. And, 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 and I seek God, God's kingdom first. I, I keep looking towards God. I was having a conversation with a lady yesterday. She was talking about how her sleep is much better. I have fascinating conversations. And, and she was saying how much better her sleep was. And I said, what's the secret? And she said, I go to bed earlier. I listen to some meditations. I put whatever on, an eye, whatever. What do you call them? Eye mask, whatever. You know what I mean, right? Like the Lone Ranger, only no holes. In it. <laughs> no holes in it, right? So should I put, a, ma should I put a, a mask on? I leave my phone in the living room to charge, not by my bed. I've turned my clock around so that the brightness of the, of the uh, numbers doesn't affect me. And she said, I've got some nice smelling stuff that I've got and, and, and it's kind of relaxing for me. And, and I said to her, I love the fact you didn't just wish and hope better sleep would happen. You took positive steps to make it happen. And if we want to be able to respond to what Jesus said when he said, don't worry, there are steps we've got to take. It's up to us. We've got to develop. You remember back to week one, if you didn't check out the, check out the, the video of it on our website. But, but, but we've got to get back to my brain goes down this track regularly to fear, and I've got to turn it to go down this way. I can't focus on this that I'm worrying about. It won't change anything. It might never happen. If it does happen, God will bring me through. So I need to turn around. I cannot dwell. I must not dwell. I will not dwell on it. I want to be here. Because when we focus on God, we get things in a better perspective. One of, my, one of my favorite um, passages in the book of Psalms is, 
is in Psalm 73, where the writer is in Psalm 73, he's really complaining to God about what a great time evil people have in life. And that he, as a follower of God, seems to have all, all kinds of troubles. It's like, they don't have a care in the world. And here I am, my life stinks. And then, it, then in Psalm 73, verse 16, he says this, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. He couldn't make sense of anything till he got his focus back on God. And worry will suck the life out of you unless you really maintain a focus on God. And to do that, sometimes you're going to have to turn your mind around. You've got to turn your thinking around. You've got to stop yourself in your tracks saying, I can't go there. Here's where I need to be. And dwelling on the goodness of God. Psalm 56 and verse 3 says this, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. And focusing on God's kingdom instead of your worries may simply be, listen, this is, a, this is a complicated Bible verse. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. If that's the only, if that's the only few words you've got, keep, you, keep telling yourself those words. Keep telling God those words. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. And when your thoughts start going back here, you pull them around again. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. Psalm 56 and verse 11. In God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? And here's the nighttime promise from Proverbs 3.24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. And you may look at that verse and say, yeah, right. And I want to say to you, yes, it is right. It's in here. God put it there. And if we will come at our worries from a different angle, we can find the benefit that God promised us. Jesus said, put, put the kingdom first. I'll take care of everything else. Now, let me just say this. And I'm, I'm going to say it real straight um, so that so I make it real clear. If, if you really don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not in a good place to start with because that's the foundation. So it's no wonder that life is kind of just running roughshod over you. I didn't say life's going to be easy for a follower of Jesus. But I'm saying if you haven't yet committed your life to him, you haven't started. You're trying to get through life just yourself. But God made you so you could live life in fellowship with him. A good life a fulfilling life, a joyful life, a peaceful life. God created you for life 
with him. And as I wrap things up this morning, I, I want to throw this out there to any of you that are watching online or here in house. And I want to throw this out to you. If you have not really committed your life to Jesus, said, Lord, I want you to be my savior. Please make me your child. That's got to be the starting point to winning the war against worry. And God so much wants that to happen. He made it real simple. Jesus said, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking like at the door of your life this morning. And he says, if you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. And as God speaks to your heart today and says, I want to come in and you know you need him. I want to invite you just to take a moment to pray with me and to ask him to come in. Let's pray together.